You're listening to Noise Extra. I'm Gray Holger. I'm here with my co-host Tara Connolly. Hello. And Mike Connolly. Hello. And the time has come. It, it can't be denied any longer. It's just simply not possible. We've been doing this for over four years, which is yeah wild to say. Wow. And thanks to those of you who've been there from the beginning and those of you who uh, just tuned into this is your first damn episode. Right on. Either way. But we're going to talk about something that's maybe a little special to the Noise Extra gang. And that thing is Noise Extra. And, and I'm not talking about us, me and the Connollys. I'm talking about the 1995 Masana CD on the Legendary Pure series. Well, of course, it is time because we are all insanely excited about the Nuclear War Now Hospital Fest in Japan next April that will feature Masana. And he is one of the artists we thought we lost our chance to see. We thought we missed it. We we're never going to see him. And now it is happening. And the world is, I don't know if they're ready. Are they ready? I don't know if we're ready, but I'll tell you what, we are beyond excited. and. This fest in general is going to be a historical weekend from the Nuclear War Now Day where we have Beharit, another band who no one thought that they were going to get a chance to see live. This is happening. And with the great recent reissues of Drawing Down the Moon and Oath of Black Blood by Nuclear War Now. It's just a perfect time. And then let's just team that up with the hospital night with Masana, with Genocide Organ, and Beharit Electronic Set. So when we get to see Beharit twice. We get to see Masana. We get to see Geo. So many more bands that are getting announced. And I'll tell you what. Tickets are already flying. So... Be prepared. We're obviously going to have a link up for the tickets on the show page. This is. It sounds like we're selling them right now, but we are not. We are just really excited. This is not a paid advertisement. This is not a paid advertisement. We just want to see people there. And I I mean, seriously, like I don't know how I'm going to contain my excitement for another year. Much like all of the shows you see flyers for that. You're like, God, how was I not at that? killer bug show at seven Hertz. This is going to be that times 20 and you're going to be kicking yourself so much for not seeing this. And I just, I can't wait to figure out how we're doing it, how long we're doing it, how we're going to be there, who's going to be there, but it's going to be a part of history, not only noise history, but metal history. It's going to be part of our cultural history. It's going to be part of underground history. And I am just beyond excited uh, to be there. Extreme metal, extreme noise. And you know that noise extra is going to be on location. That I know, is I, true. 
I can't wait to pressure people to talk to us. <laughs> <laughs> I went to a show over the weekend and the amount of people that I ran into that were also like, see you in Japan next April. Yeah. <laughs> it was like yes. a little ridiculous of like, oh yeah, we're like, you got tickets? Yep. Got tickets. Like, I guess we're going yeah. with the crew, man. Yeah. yeah lot, it's going to be a crazy. Lot of, a lot of people from here are going from Los Angeles, as well as the States. So many people it's just been nonstop texts. And how many times since have, the announcement. have, have, you wonderful people heard us discuss how much we want to go to Japan. I've never been to Japan. Yeah, none of us have ever been. I'm so not so only, excited. And we get to go to Osaka. Yeah, not only do we get to go to Japan for the first time, but did I say we get to see Masana? I ah! mean, come on. So, yes, of course, we finally had to do Noise Extra on Noise Extra today. But before we get into recent listening, we do need to warn you. That this is a full Masana episode today because for the extra noise extra segment, we will be discussing Like a Vagina TV VHS on vanilla. So this is a full look at Masana today for the entirety of the episode. So, Gray, what have you been listening to, my man? It's been kind of sparse around here on the listening tip i will admit uh it's been again working on a few different projects so time spent listening to other things isn't quite as much as i would like but one of those things and we mentioned it on the seven inch sunday is the autobahn compilation on total black which is in part to help with uh, total black's move of their record store sentimental youth due to impending uh, takeover and destruction of the building and neighborhood they're in to raise part of the autobahn Unfortunately, so you can check that out. A ton of great artists on it. I know you were talking about it too, Conley. And I know Yellow yes. Gas Flames is on the compilation. Yes, proudly. Yes. Great. Yes. So Killer Comp will have a, a link up to that in the recent listening section of the episode. Uh, also got this Sewer Election Debris Assemblage CD on Ideal, which says it's limited to seventy copies, which uh, sounds crazy, but I guess that that's. Just, uh, ideal inner circle and uh it's electronics junk noise field recordings tape stuff uh recorded over the last couple of years and uh you know I've, i i can talk about the swedish stuff for days uh just definitely one of those things that i took to and just still really love so fantastic uh, another, I could listen to you pronounce Swedish for days. Well, luckily, luckily Dan's uh, project it. name is in English and I don't have oh. to. <laughs> and Moth Dracula have released another CD, The Final Nail. Very excited about that. Uh, and also a, a, a cassette to go along with it. So I had to pick those up and, you know, toured with them back in 2006, I think it was. And just recently unearthed uh we had a, a professional photographer along with us that was friends with one of the members of moth dracula and the, the photos and video of those sets was just unearthed. in fact i just got sent some video of one of my sets and i was performing a song along with cadaver and drag on that tour as well mm. so uh i got to see got to see like a flashback to 17 years ago uh and just Blast kind of from the past yeah, yeah, it's funny how that all sort of works out, but I think some of that may be seeing, I don't know, some kind of light of day, or I don't know, maybe it'll just go on 
Tumblr. We all get to see your hair. At, I did at have that some hair very back unique then. stage. Yep. Fantastic. <laughs> and that about does it for me, aside from sort of casual car listens or something, you know, played for 10 minutes. Nothing I've had a chance to soak in any more than that. What about you, Connellys? Well, it's been a lot of listening. We've been in a heavy noise zone here, especially with the announcement of the fest and leading up to it. We were just feeling the power of noise and one of those things it's easy to to have this be a uh, heavy listening because it's a two-hour tape so you're just diving into some black leather jesus <laughs> make them come slowly what a title just it, love it, it just it i you can't not smile yeah, when you hear yeah. make them come slowly. Yeah, you just like it's so perfect. Oh, love oh, you guys. What a joy. <laughs> yeah, just uh, love you guys. Yeah, what a length. And they did, and it and it does come slowly, it doesn't does. it? Yeah, two hours. Yeah, it takes yeah, it. It's takes a two, two hour hours. come shot. You gotta have a real, a real good sesh with that one. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. It's like the full eight tons of people line up. I don't know where mm. everyone is at any given the point. The balls are full. The, yeah, <laughs> the balls are full. Yeah. And it's a extended cum shot. Great one. Uh, also went back through checking to see if there was any of the international misanthropies that we hadn't listened to yet. And, and because, you know, they've been coming out so much and realized that we had not gotten to the OR Bombay skull and bones one yet. What an incredible one. I know oh, we were all really, yes. really super into mm-hmm. the the six tape set uh, that came out last year. And this one's it's it's even a little more different than that. It's very atmospheric. A lot of samples. It's, it's Gandhi uh, themed and Gandhi's assassination themed. So it's it's a lot of voices, a lot of Gandhi's voice, very minimal. But then there's this track that's almost like SPK or something. It's, it's really is like industrial music and it comes out of nowhere in, in the tape. I was very, it's very unexpected and it's really great, really rhythmic. And with vocals, it's, it sounds like early industrial music in, in that it's a, it's a track, you know, you know, I was not in the room when it was put upon the stereo and I walk into the living room and, and I'm like, who is that? Is that, is that Gandhi? It sure Who? is. Is that, is that Gandhi it's, I hear? It sure and is. And it sure was. And oh boy, what a right. It was great. It's fantastic. I love things that are so distinctive and um, just, just really, really memorable and as advertised. I, in the interview, it's got one of my favorite lines in one of the <laughs> International Misanthropy interviews. The line is to, may, I might be paraphrasing or I might be saying it exact because we've been saying it so much. It says, we have too much respect for the grassy knoll to talk about it in this rag. Like, I <laughs> yeah. like the idea that, like, it's like some, the rat, like the interview yes. is some old magazine. I don't know. Yeah. It's just the way it's love written it. and the way I read it is just, just love it. It's a great one. <laughs> and then we got very, very into a Japanese project. Monos and she it is a solo uh three tape series by Monos who is in Sex Messiah and she calls it Satanic Black Noise 
call from the grave one through three. It's absolutely great, dark, synth feedback. It's one of those things that just zips by. This is great. They are short tapes, too, so you can just let them go. All the recent listening. My God. Like, talk about just getting into somebody so quickly. Yeah. Just absolutely fully in. I love the the darkness of it. I love the cultishness of it. I love, you know, the the elements where whereby you would want to like have a bunch of, you know, like black roses and like have some sort of like dark seance to it. But then uh, also I love it. she's got one of the titles on one of the tapes speaks so much to us. Stay offensive. Fuck humanism. Monos, <laughs> we hear you. You are speaking to us. You are incredible. We absolutely love her noise and her her, her metal. Sex Messiah oh. is a great band too. Sex Messiah so is fantastic. It's a really, really exciting to dive into. And, and we're that just project. starting to dive in. I have a feeling we're just gonna go off the deep end after um we we expunge all of this masana from our our brains well which is going to be difficult because yes we have been listening to a ton of masana leading up to this episode super compact disc inner mind mystique just going deep into masana but my goodness noise extra the album we named the podcast after here we are Crazy to think it took us four years to get to this, but I think the timing is very fitting, as you mentioned earlier. And it's always been one we've talked about that, that we've got to do. Yeah, of and, course. We it, we always knew it was going to happen, but we did want to wait for a time. And it it wasn't even, hey, we're going to wait till he announces he's going to play a show again. That was never <laughs> no, no, in no. our minds in the that cards. That was never going to happen. So when this did happen, it was immediate. Uh, we immediately said, well, Noise Extra is the next episode, isn't it? And everyone is like, yep, Noise Extra well, we is the next episode. we just keep texting the word Masana back and forth. Yeah, so we yeah, might as well do yes. an episode. Absolutely. Uh, and, and for this episode, we even busted out the old Banana Fish issue number eight from 1993. Yep. Uh, which has an interview by Cato David Hopkins. R.I.P. Yamazaki Maso. Yes. Cannot say enough wonderful things about Cato David Hopkins and all of the contributions that he made for so many people across uh, continents, across time. Um, truly, he he is missed, but we will never forget him. It is sad that he he won't be there because you know he would be ready mm-hmm. to, to see Masana again after all these years, just like all of us are again or for the first time. And yes. This issue of Banana Fish is super, super important to me because it is the first issue of Banana Fish I ever had. And it's actually in incredible condition. I am so nervous having it near me. It's shocking. How did we not destroy this? Because the Noise Extra CD is not in incredible condition. We had to clean it like three times before we listened to it. It is. Yeah, it's clearly owned by us. And I don't know what type of goo we got on it. Um, So definitely we let them come slowly upon this disc. However... Uh, all of our other banana fish were definitely in one of those magazine stands that sat in like, you know, five of our apartments over various times. And I think this one escaped that fate. So it's not, you know, rendered into a thousand pieces. Yeah, it's it's a really incredible issue. And so we're going to be quoting from that interview. And Noise Extra is a really important CD for me as well, because this was in my first Triple R order. I ordered the three pure CDs 
and it was MSBR, Destructive Locomotion, Obe, Purification to Numbness, and Masana Noise What a extra. great selection. Yep. Did you have someone helping? N- no, but the, the, I would have heard. You got good taste. Well, well, you know, hey, I would have heard all three of those from Japanese American Noise Treaty for oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. And I would say that the Japanese American Noise Treaty was my first real absorption of Masana. I certainly saw when Thurston played a, a clip on 120 Minutes. Mm. But it was so fast it happened. I, you know, I dubbed over that episode the next week. So it was real. It was I remember it, but it wasn't until Japanese American Noise Treaty that I, it was in my life, and I really came to just completely worship Masana. You know, our friend Aaron Dillaway has actually uploaded the Masana on 120 Minutes hosted yes. by Thurston to YouTube. So if you go searching for it, mm-hmm. you'll uh, yes. you'll likely see Dillaway's upload of it. <laughs> Yeah, definitely check it out because it was a, a really important thing that did happen, at, you know, on such a large scale. So it's just all of this. Masana is just so such an important figure in noise, but just personally and personally to all of us. I don't think there's anyone from our era who wasn't just immediately in love with Masana. I have to imagine, Gray, you were like that. Do you recall? what the first Masana was for you, or at least a, a guess of, about what it would have been. And it would have been something you picked up at record time. Well, a couple things, uh, Devin from record time and princess dragon mom had dubbed me the, uh, kingdom of noise VHS, which nice. I still actually have my dub of. And also they had a little CD boom box. You could like preview CDs with there. So I would check out the pure CDs cause it was a record store that had pure CDs yes. in, in them, right. In the, in a little box you would flip through of like weird packaging and slim mm. packaging. Uh, so that, that was probably where I first heard it or borrowing Japanese American noise treaty from a friend before I got my own. Uh, I think I'd mentioned before. I also had a, like a handwritten dub on the like, Blank so tape J card thing with my crude handwriting back then. I I don't think it's gotten much better. You and I have it's gotten worse. It's gotten worse. Yeah, I have yeah. to think about each individual letter I when I write it. That. Otherwise, it mm-hmm. looks like some kind of scribble. But it was that maybe. But I remember going to not record collector, but record time, which was another shop in Michigan where I would mentioned before I found like a contagious orgasm tape there for a couple bucks. Some early stuff where it was like, wow, what's this doing here? Oh, it's from Japan. It's probably that thing that I like. <laughs> and mm. right. uh, this is the same place that I bought. We, we talked about MB Activitat and that Sonar CD. Same place right. I bought that. And there was uh, the Masana 30 bonus tracks CD, a.k.a. self-titled. Oh, yeah. We, mm. that, we, we listened to that right before we listened to Noise Extra for this episode. Yes. Well, that was in the 79 cent bin. Wow. What? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So I bought that for 79 cents. And that was definitely the first Masana that I owned. But shortly around that time, uh, a friend of mine's sister was married to this guy who sort of helped co-run that label, Alley Sweeper. And they did the destructive microphone. five. There you go. Mm -hmm. So I got that like right in this same time that was actually he played drums and i and that was one of the first people i sort of jammed with outside of my 
close friends who we got in noise together. This was someone I didn't really know that well, but we tried to right. like play his drums through my very rudimentary noise rig back then. So very fond memories of that. Shout out Blake. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I got inner mind mystique would have been my first full Masana CD. I would have gotten it before I got noise extra. And I may have stated that I got it at borders. Cause I did get relapse CDs at borders and Merzbaugh CDs at borders. But I had this memory this week that, I, in fact, got it at the Chicago Virgin Megastore. And I remember going to get it. And I remember there was a Masana label card. So so not only was it there in the biggest divider. Yeah. And the biggest Mm -hmm. record store chain. But there was a Masana section and they had Intermind Mystique was the only thing they had. And it was just so exciting to just be able to go buy it at a big store. So certainly Japanese American noise treaty, then enter my mystique. And then I would have made the triple order. I mean, Hey, maybe I'm a slightly out of order on that, but the inner my mystique and noise extra were certainly the first full Masana albums that I ever had. And boy, listening to this now, I mean, I've always said that this is one of my favorite Masana albums. And I'm going to reiterate that. This is one of my favorite Masana albums. I think you would say that about any Masana album you were listening to. I think to, that's true. I absolutely <laughs> think that is true. But but I will I will say that this has a, all of the Masana elements that you think of when you think of Masana. And if you combine it with like Vagina TV, it has all of your Masana elements. You have things that have been cut up and move fast. And then you have the longer form styles and you have the short choppy vocals. Then you have the more mysterious vocals and you have something that you would imagine as a, as a physical spasm. And then you have something more restrained. Like I think all of those, all of the things that he does so damn well are encompassed on these two releases. The second track on here shows some stuff that maybe you don't expect from Masana mm-hmm. and we'll certainly talk about that as we get to it. Now the f- this is two tracks. The the first track being reclaimed articles parentheses materials from second to fifth album plus question mark. Now it's still a mystery to me because I'm unclear as to what he would consider an album. Is it the cassette? Is D- it- does yeah. he consider Open your cunt, Masso plus Ono, Madonna. Those are those considered albums, or is it just the the LP and CD? Right. So, because so second before, through fifth, so it has to be considering some of these cassettes. It just has to be, I think. Right, right. But then which ones? Right. So I love that it's still mysterious because what's so great about Masana? He was always his discography was always a part because it's in inner mind mystique, the the full discography up to then. And then in the banana fishers discography. So I love that he was very cognizant to include the discography and the massiveness of it. And even the limited edition of one, the the multiple cut, the lathe cuts, all that. Mm -hmm. So I love that the discography is such a part of Masana. So I would love to a, hopefully, We'll get a chance to oh, ask this swell. question, but 
What does he consider the second to fifth album at this point? So in the interview in Banana Fish, Masana discusses the amount of material he uses. So even when he's talking about material from the second to fifth album, in my mind, after reading this, it's just inordinate amount of material. He was asked how much randomness is there in what he's recording. And Masana says, mostly random with a bit of feeling. I think I ended up using only about a sixth of the total I record. I just use the highlights. You wouldn't believe how many unreleased tracks I have lying around. Far more than the released ones. I don't have any idea what's on tape, what's on what tape, but someplace around here, I've got tons. He says, later, if I'm lucky, I get five minutes of good stuff for every half hour of recording. There are days when I'm in good form. Anyway, I, I just picture a mountain of recording material and he's picking up the tapes and he know he took the, he took things off of this certain tape to make the second album. He knows he took things off of this tape to make the third album and he has no idea what the things were. And there's a bunch of it. Right. It could even be stuff that's not, wasn't on them. It could be from those sessions and you know, so it's, it is unclear, but this is just smashed together for 15 minutes. And we're discussing the first track. Uh, so I assume that you would like me to read it. I, you know, I do. I would love you to say the full name and I would like to hear you say it much <laughs> nicer than myself or Gray would say it. The first track is Mademoiselle Anne Sanglant, une autre nymphomanie aureole, reclaimed articles, which means, you know, Miss Anne Bloody or our haloed nymphomania. Which is generally what is used as what Masana stands for, but not always, because on the second track, we have a different acronym. So I love that it does change, but that the Mademoiselle one is generally what is known, is, the, is the logo, and is what we see. We see it on the flyer for the fest. We see it repeated so many times, but he would use other words as well every once in a while. And I do like that it sounds like Am Sanglant. It's well, of course, of course, mm -hmm. you know that, of course. The, this being two tracks is, I mean, it makes sense given the material, right? One has that live feeling and the second piece is definitely more studio electronic noise, direct noise than I think of from Asana, of course. But, you know, you've mentioned listening to Super Compact Disc. That's one track. But a yep. lot of the things like a little bit before and to come after this would all have multiple tracks up to like, you know, over 30 tracks on CDs. Yeah. So the tapes, I think a lot of them are viewed as single pieces on the mm -hmm. sides. And this is two distinct pieces. But when you get to like Enter My Mystique's got what, like seven tracks. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Nascal Anon has got nine tracks. Maybe there's a bunch mm -hmm. of different things that have more tracks and i think it's interesting to see the kind of turn in that where yeah vestal spacey ritual has a ton of tracks on it and the the kind of difference in in doing these things or splitting these things this way this is a pure cd like yeah you, you can tell mm -hmm. it's a pure cd again it's collected materials on the first track from a variety of sources so the highlights of the highlights if this stuff came from albums where he already picked the best stuff. He's now picking the best stuff from that to make this piece, right? So, like you said, there are mountains of source material. 
and I don't think it gets much more Masana than than this track. Oh, absolutely. It's unbridled madness, breakneck cuts. And it's interesting because with the way Masana does his cuts, it's not jarring in the way some cut-up noise can be. And for me, that's because it's his voice so much. So mm-hmm. it's him and the the human Masana is always present in each minute cut that happens. So it doesn't feel like it's the changing of the radio station cut up style. It feels like it's fully Masana just slicing himself to bits and recontextualizing his him and then recontextualizing that and then, you know, to the nth degree. So it always is Masana and the vocals obviously are what is so distinct about his noise and it is just so fast and it's the screams are just drenched and the the distortion and the the sheer sheets of masana and then there's these points where these electronics will just come in out of nowhere quickly and then there's loops every once in a while and i love the one loop that comes in early on on this one that's my favorite part. It's like, so great. You get that extended loop. Uh, it, it's, it's a maniacal loop. It is a very distinctive loop. And every time it happens, I get very excited. And, and I agree. Like the, you know, the first thing I'm thinking when I'm listening to this is just, this is just cut up done so well. And it's not done in a style that's jarring. It's done in, in a style where they're just expertly blended together and the whole effect is just so pleasurable and and so avoidant of anything that would be considered boring. Oh it's, yeah, that would be the opposite of Masana. It's very fluid the way he works with cutting things up and I think part of that has to do with the source material or the input, his voice. Yeah. So uh, it ha- keeps itself in a similar mode even when it's differently processed even when it's collapsing from stereo to mono and then back out again when things are panned differently when there are maybe more electronics in the mix or when it's a more direct voice thing the loop you guys are talking about i know is that mono voice kind of yelp with like a yeah. buzz thing yeah. in it that keeps going yeah i know exactly the loop you're talking about because <laughs> it's it's a great one early on in the disc and then it that that also moves from that into that like Again, more breakneck, cut up shards of glass, crazy, frantic noise that he's really known for. And it's, you know, I know we're going to talk about it more in depth, but watching the Like a Vagina TV VHS and seeing the process in action really gives you, uh, it, it triggers these feelings or this visual of him as the psychotic madman flying around, abusing his body and smashing everything he can to make his noise oh absolutely this is from the banana fish interview talking about the recording process everything i record at home is just a quick burst one time only with no overdubbing and then what i really enjoy is stringing them together into longer bits live there are a lot fewer changes in sound possible no assembling or editing Really, the official releases are all the most powerful bits from performances, like the live ones, though mostly here in my room. 
with all the dull parts left out. So he said he really enjoyed editing to the point where he would just make mixtapes for himself, do it once or twice, and then make a new one because he just actually enjoyed the process of editing and thinking about where to place sounds or songs in the mixtapes he would make for himself. And and he's fantastic. And he said he was inspired, you know, for that by Nurse with Wound. Yep. Um, but also that the first noise release he got was Hanada Rush. Uh, yes. Which has the name Tara in the middle. There you Hanad go. Tara. Absolutely. Yeah, he says the Hanadarash and then Nord LSD, but it was actually a mistake because he thought tale. it was a band LSD, and it turns out it was the Nord record. So those are some of his first entries into hearing noise. And it's noted that he does live it, it, what he what he calls the boonies in the article, but he does live in a rural area, or certainly did in 1993 when this interview was taken place, and that that also affected just his approach to everything. It was farther to get to. It's near Osaka. It's I think it was in Kyoto, uh, but up by the ocean. The uh, the question is. The ocean is practically right outside your door. Have you ever used ocean noises? And Masana says, no. I do record outside sometimes. Station restrooms. There are some station toilet sounds on the first LP. Screaming and flushing in the station. I love that. And then he goes on to say his track on Japan Bashing Volume 3 has me screaming out in town. I was out walking around town with some friends who don't know anything about noise. We were just screaming into my portable recorder. People were laughing at us. I love that. I love that vision of him in his small rural town, just walking around screaming, screaming in station toilets. You know, he says also in the interview, without emotional involvement or aesthetic sense, the produced noise won't be interesting. And that's absolutely true. And he is, this is pure passion noise. It really is. And you feel it when you listen to it. I mean, one of the things that we love about Masana is, that his noise is his. There's no style yes. he was ever copying or nope. trying to do. There's no, certainly there's influences, but it's always got his trademark on it 100%. You hear Masana and you know it's Masana. And that can be said of a lot of great artists that it's instantly recognizable as them. And that's one of the things that I really dig about this and really even through his newer work and his work is controlled death. It's still his fingerprints all over it. And there's the way he cuts and edits and cuts things up on this release is probably quite similar to how he approaches a lot of the controlled death cut up reassembling that happens where you get a couple minutes of a jam like highlights. That's how he thinks and approaches this stuff. We still see it today for as, and we saw it back in the nineties, you know, and and even today with the recent split with Purient, the Masana material from that is right. completely uh, some of the most brutal stuff he's yes. ever done. I mean, it is absolutely yeah. psychotic and extreme. I mean, it's 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 the it's the human noise tornado, the human car crash, and it's just the just everything into the grinder and just the feedback, all of it swirling into this just complete funnel of 
the the whirling dervish sonic devil and you just picture his bell bottoms you picture his his those loose shirts that he's wearing from the live footage i look everybody i love button-up shirts and he (laughs) loves button-up shirts i get really excited when i see a button-up shirt and oh boy uh, Masana will just slay in a button-up shirt. Oh, absolutely! And some, some flared pants. At, at, again, as an homage to the, you know, acid rock that yeah, he totally. enjoyed as a youth. And I don't know that we discussed yet that he started the project Masana. Uh, it is like Mazo, as in like a masochism, and Ona, as in woman. I know um, Cato David Hopkins explain that to us, but I'll reiterate it. And he started it around uh, 1987 is when Masana began. And of course it, it would take on multiple ideas with the Masana, with the, the, the The acronym, the acronym, taking it to from different angles against spelling Madonna. Exactly. So of those different ideas. Yeah. There's the Madonna connection, like a vagina, the, also mm-hmm. his just interest in the the pop music the the way the some of the pictures were taken especially on the the bonus track compact disc right where he's got that the picture of him that looks like it was taken in a studio yeah, with yeah. the hair right so he would oh, always that mix that the, the pop culture the the uh, all these things mixed together and the fact that he wasn't that interested in playing live in the beginning is crazy to think about because we think so much about him live that it's almost unfathomable to think that that wasn't always his plan. Well, it comes from those early experiences, seeing the videos and seeing the performances and having never seen anything like that. I think it really makes it stick out live to us, right? Like you remember what Masana looks like when he plays, you remember yes. how, what the energy he's got and it sticks with you. And especially, you know, we've seen countless different noise projects now, but Masana is still going to stick out to me and it's <laughs> going to stick out forever. to me again next April, but ah, yeah, ah, forever. Ah. And I do want to make note of the actual CD face of noise extra because it's one of my all-time favorite CD faces. It's so good. It's such a strange-looking CD because you have the silver face and then you have Masana going around the hole, but the way it goes into the clear part, creeping into the silver, and then everything feels collaged around it. And then it has... You know, the Mademoiselle Five words. different and then type it has faces. What we have for the track two, Mystic, another selection of Nurses Naked Anthology. Love that. And the way it all circles around, and it's just such a strange CD. You can't tell exactly where it's supposed to, what what which way is it, is it exactly supposed to face? And then you have, of course, Coquette, which was his label listed on the CD as well. So it's just everything about this CD face is incredibly exciting to me and has always been incredibly exciting to me. We're going to have all this laid out in the picture for this episode, including a shirt that was gifted to me from friend of the podcast, Eldon, that was signed by Masana. So we're, this is just a full full Masana episode because how can it not be? We're that excited about Masana. 
And I'm excited about the 30-minute track by Mystic, another selection of Nurses Naked Anthology, Acid Sky. This goddamn track, I swear. It's so good. And, and, and what I was saying where you get something that you maybe don't expect or think of when you think of Masana, this is a long-form piece, again, half hour, and the vocals aren't necessarily the focus. They're there. They're there. You can hear them. Especially at the end. But it's not the main focus of this track. No, this is electronic. This is noise. This is pedal noise. This is something going on here that is not what we expect from Asana. And it's a 30-minute long journey of this constant burning high scree weird noise stereo effects uh the really burning was the sensation i got during all of acid sky oh absolutely just crushing swaths of noise crumbling and and crunching it's embodying destruction like this. Yes. I was saying that this is just channeling destructive forces. It's an, it's alien scenes floating in a sea of derangement. You're, you become a moat of dust that is in a storm of cosmos. It's, it's a wild time. And I, and I just, I love the second track because again, it's one of those things where you can kind of lose yourself in it. Yes. Big like, time. And it's, you know, I know, Gray, you said you didn't take many notes for this. And and I did find myself not thinking anything, writing anything. I generally try to, like, let my wa- mind wander and, and visualize what I visualize. But this was just kind of getting lost, you know, within within the sound. I felt the same way, Tara, about this destructive element to this, because for me, it was this it was doom and apocalyptic and. It was this acid sky was hearkening the devastating times ahead. And you're just settled in to watch the annihilation. The noise is just raining down from this acid sky, these sheets of noise. And it's great to hear him do this because it certainly there's it's there's edits to it. I, I don't think it's a live track, but it feels like he settled into some more zones in this track. And I like that. Yeah, I like around the like about seven that. to eight minute mark. It yeah. feels like that's like one continuous. You feel like it's oh, movement. Yeah. I was just picturing him. Yeah. Just sitting there and just letting the noise take over, getting lost in the noise, watching that noise rain screeching into the sunset. I mean, it's, it's just a really fantastic noise track that yeah like you guys said you get really lost in and and the feedback is always shooting around there's the feedback is still happening and like i said there are still vocals in this track but they're not those the whirling dervish sonic devil masana vocals they're they're in there Mm. and they're just part of this whole piece of noise yeah and i know in the first track that i i mean it sounded to me as though he were using guitar and i know he had used guitar at points on on different There's definitely recordings. a point i heard yeah, i definitely plucking. heard some strings at you one really point. hear them yeah. being abused and this i was wondering if you know i know later especially in the 90s he has analog synth do you think he had any analog at this point in time 
You know, I don't know. I he felt didn't... like possibly though, because we we get that space feel. He 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 doesn't mention it in the banana fish interview, mm-hmm. which is ninety three, and this is ninety five. Yeah. He doesn't mention having since at that point. And obviously, yes, he will go on to have since and utilize since in space machine, and of course in controlled yeah. death. But I'm not sure at this time. I, well, I think if we look back to 1998, so a couple years after this, the equipment listed in Vestal Spacey Ritual is color sound pedals, 60s fuzz, Sherman filter bank, DOD pedals, spectral audio analog synthesizer, space echo RE201, Evans super echo, Arian digital delay, and XP ring modulator. So a few years later, and you know, that's also on alchemy. There's a synth in the mix, but I don't know that there was anything before that crediting synth with it. I, I always thought right. that was sort of the, the early synth record. Cause if we, mm-hmm. even if we look back to freak out electrolyze, which was 97, there's no, there's a theremin listed, but there's no synth listed. There's no Sherman right. filter bank listed. Uh, and I, in fact, I don't even see the, uh, the space echo listed. So maybe an acquisition right. in 97, 98, he started getting more into that stuff. Right. So th- but this just, just you are lost. And for some reason I go to the, to sunset in the desert. Maybe it's just cause we're out here. Maybe that's what I was feeling. And, and just acid sky was picturing this, the crazy colors of the sunset and how, especially out in the desert, you can get these Such really, surreal and abstract colors that come and go in a way that you you'll never see them in that same way again. And that's how I think about this track. We're going to listen to this track and we're never going to hear it in the same way again, because there is so much going on, even though it's not the frantic cut up of the first track or just the, the crazy slices of Masana noise that will be in a lot of the full albums. This one I'm settled in and I'm just enjoying every minute of Acid Sky. It's just an incredible track. You know, it's yeah. funny. I, I was just looking at gear lists, right? And I said theremin is on Freak Out Electrolyze. Do you know what the theremin is credited as? What is the what? theremin credited as? Romero theremin. Oh, there you go. And hey. of course, Romero <laughs> w- worked with Masana and, and did a seven inch and put up shows for him out here. In fact, I believe the picture on the picture disc of the Shinsen Not Clitoris Reissuant Hospital is a Romero picture, if I'm not mistaken. I love that picture. Uh, yeah. Those iconic pants. Can't even handle it. <laughs> so funny, funny thing to think about. Just maybe, uh, maybe I, I know Damien has built plenty of electronics and builds his own. So Masana using a, a Romero device on a record is there, pretty cool. There you go. And of we course, we go on. And do some space machine stuff on P tapes. P tapes, well. yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So really, yeah, that's I bet that was a Romero device. We'll have to ask him at some point. But yes, the this gorgeous creative destruction and unlearning of music is such a wonderful experience and what a fantastic release. I, I will say that I was really uh excited and touched by the references to Shohei Iwazaki, who is Monbui, uh, who passed away in 2005. And he is referenced, you know, as a friend and he, he tells some anecdotes in it's, this interview. And it's, it's really, great. it's great. And Actually, it's, it's worth reading because yeah. it's, it, it just puts a smile on your face. And uh, David Hopkins was asking just about the different people, you know, who he knows. And he says, 
what about Mon, Mon Brutes? And Masana says, he's a good guy. He's pretty normal, I think. And then Hopkins says, Sam Nimrod said he heard that that Mon Brutes was in a motorcycle gang in high school. And Masana says, I heard that rumor too. He did have his hair permed like a gangster back then. Remember when school violence was a big media thing? That's when Iwasaki was in school. Draw your own conclusions. I love that. And of course, we know that 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 he was super into motorcycles. You know, we, yeah. we know that. Going up so and I down love, I just hills, love that idea. Love of, hotel. And just be like, hey, just draw your own conclusions. Like, I love the idea <laughs> of him being a motorcycle gang in high school. It's like, fantastic. Again, obviously, uh, anyone who knows us knows how we feel about Mom Brutes. So just hearing that from then, mm-hmm. from, you know, when they were all really working together and, and working and playing shows together. There's a great picture of it. They called it uh, Masomania and it's Soulmania and Masana live uh, performance. Now, I don't know if there's any recorded Masomania. Ooh. I'm not sure. How great would that be? What well, that makes yeah. what perfect sense does that make though, right? Just Soulmania doing insane guitar and Masana doing yeah. insane we'll vocals. Have to settle like, for Bust Monsters. Oh, Bust Monsters is great too. That's such a great one. And yeah, he did so much other stuff. Flying testicle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what a you know, what an incredible just from from the eighties to now, from all the projects, like you said, you know, we we've been loving the controlled death stuff, but just the fact that not only do we get some new Masana material with that great split album, the fact that we're all gonna get to see Masana live, the fact that you all listeners are gonna get a chance to see Masana live in Japan, it's just truly going to be one of the greatest weekends and we you know, we're a year out and I, I don't know how we're not going to talk about it every single day in some <laughs> way, uh, you know, some restaurant we want to go to some yeah. record store we want to go to a, a shrine. We want to go make sure to check out, you know, every yeah. single thing is just going to be leading up for a year. So I, I would, I would love to just, if, if we could just, you know, put me in a coma so that I don't explode with excitement. How many Benadryl possible do you I might take to take a excitement. nap for a year? It's possible my entire yeah. my heart is going to explode just with pure excitement. But maybe some no. of that fugu toxin or something. Yeah, we were yeah. But no, about we're, the other day we we're going to hold strong here. I know he's extra week in and week out talking noise leading up to next April and. We did it. Noise Extra did Noise Extra. You knew it was going to come. You knew it had to come. You know, we love it. And what a perfect day to do it. So everyone go listen to all Masana, but especially Noise Extra today. Get ready to head over to Japan and watch Masana live with the three of us and just a bunch of other amazing people who are all going to be there. And I'll tell you what we're going to be right now is over on the Patreon, still talking Masana, talking like a vagina TV. So head over there. Going to 1994. Going to go back a year. Going to vanilla. Absolutely. So Masana forever.